Hi, this is your coach, Joe Lucas, and welcome to this Practice Power Podcast. Hey, in this episode, what I want to cover is, since it's that time of year, right, uh, we're uh, in the midst of uh, basically the end of June, halftime or the mid-year is just days slash weeks upon us. I want to spend this episode really giving all of you a syntax strategy, a process to actually sit down, take a look at your first half results, good, bad, ugly, whatever they happen to be, right? And a process to to make changes, to shift, to do things, to make the second half of the year uh, with much more momentum, accomplishing your goals, feeling really, really good about your business and your life. Now, let me also say before we get into this that I'll be referencing referencing some materials uh, that you can go get on practicepower.net or soon to be known as uh, Practice Power Academy. And uh, what I want to do is just make sure that you're aware of that. You can go grab that, grab the information because I will be working with uh, in our podcast today. If you're watching me on YouTube, uh, you see me holding up a, a basically a, a set of forms. If you're listening to me, obviously, uh, just on the podcast, again, practicepower.net. And I'm going to walk you through all the, all the forms and exactly what we're looking to do and give you a really, really well thought out uh, process. So before we get into that, though, let's talk about why. Why do we want to sit down and, and take, again, the most valuable resource all of us have, right, which is our time? Why do we want to sit down and kind of pick apart uh, the first half of the year? A couple reasons. Number one, you know, unless you make an intentional decision to carve out downtime or now what I call renewal time, you end up having days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into quarter, and next thing you know, the year's gone and you're burnt out and you've been burnt out, right? This is a quote-unquote sport that really does not have an off-season. So I believe at minimum, at minimum, one week strategic slash renewal time, one week. Uh, most of my clients will take two, as I will myself, starting next week uh, until after the 4th of July. And you just need to have a pause. And, you know, I think the psychology of this industry, this profession, is to work mostly on, on this what I call a state of urgency. And when you really, really think about it, most of the stuff we do is highly important. It's very, very rarely urgent. You know, I was just talking to a couple new clients yesterday, and um, I asked the questions, well, how much downtime do you guys take? And... These are like 20, 30-year veterans. So we're not talking about, you know, some new people here. Know what they told me? I, well, I try to take one week a year. Man, that's not running a business. That's, a, that's like a job, sort of like being an indentured servant. I mean, that's no way to live. I don't care how much money you make, right? So... What I want you all to do is, and that's why we're doing this podcast now and not, you know, in, in, in July 1st, is between the 4th of July holiday, long weekend, and look, the couple of days before the 4th, like Thursday and Friday, I don't know about you, nobody's around. And obviously Friday, you know, the 4th, and then a couple of days after, you can easily grab five, six, seven, eight days. Nobody has any excuses for that. All right? You need to put in your calendar and, and adhere to it and honor it. Nobody can make you do this but yourself. I'm telling you, 80% of this industry is burnt out. The 
problem is you don't recognize until you're not. You know, your body and your psychology, you adapt to it. It's just what it is. It's what the common, right? It's just kind of how it is. And I can't, I can give you countless stories. I'm not going to do it on this podcast, but I can give you countless stories of clients. I've literally had to you know, kick them out of their office, make them go take a week off, uh, go take their spouse on the, uh, you know, uh, if you will, the anniversary trip, right? That they didn't know they were going to be able to do. And every time I've done that, I get it. I get a text. I get an email. I get a phone call. Thank you. I didn't realize how burnt out I was until I wasn't. So take that for some food of thought, and make some decisions on sustainability, adaptability, and quite frankly, let's have some fun. You know, this business we should be valuing what we do. We should be adding value to other people's lives. We should be enjoying the process. And look, I know there's challenges. Hey, we all have those, right? But at the end of the day, this is a magnificent journey. Please don't turn it into a job. Okay? So, minimum of a week, ideally two. And in that window, what I highly recommend you do is carving out I don't really think most of you need more than a couple hours, quite frankly. Now, if you're doing it for the first time, maybe a little bit longer. But for the most part, I think you can get it done in a couple hours. A mid-year review process. Now, years ago, before I put together my, uh, my Magellan Mastermind Group, uh, I used to host a mid-year retreat that I invite all my clients to. I typically like to do it in like Del Mar because uh, I happen to like that place a lot. And uh, one of the deliverables we had in that in that uh, two or three day event was a I would walk everybody through a mid year review process uh, to make sure we understood where we are, what we need to accomplish, right, and uh, make those all things happen. So for here, what I want you to do is to do the same thing. Now there are a couple of uh, guidelines. I like to say rules, but you know we'll, we won't say that here. Some guidelines on how to do this, right? So first off, I'm not a big fan of doing this at your desk, okay, in your physical office. Couple reasons why. Number one, you're going to get distracted. Number two, it's the same environment that you kind of do your thing in, right? So unless you have one of these really cool inspirational offices and, and you know, like if you're, if you're again, if you're watching me on YouTube on my channel, uh, you know, we, you know, I have a real cool office, you know, I built, you know, we built it. Uh, it it's my, it, it's what I want, right? It's my, the, 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 the decor, how it's set up. My desk goes up and down. I'm up right now because I'm doing this uh, video here, obviously for you. But find a place that you feel really good at, right? So I don't know if it's your club, Starbucks, place at the beach, a park. You got a favorite room in the house, the deck, right? The pool area, whatever you got. Find an area that is good, right? Feel good around. A couple hours, you know, and what I would recommend you do it, do it in your high uh, emotional and high uh, mental energy windows. We all have that time. Like for me, my most creative time is early in the morning, like from 5.30 a.m. till about 9. You know, I'm like, because I haven't started my day yet coaching. You know, I, I'm, I'm at my creative best, and that's why we always tend to record these things early in the morning um, before my day gets rolling, right? So you got to find a window where it makes sense to do. And then what you want to do is uh, grab your goals, grab your business plan, grab, uh, and then obviously you need to compile your results for the for first half of the year. And what you want to do is just kind of take a break and, and sit and say, how did the first, first half of the year go? Now, I will say to you, 
that the first six weeks of the year, especially if you're very asset management centric, not a lot of fun. Markets were a little haywire, right? Uh, we didn't get out of the box maybe as well as we wanted to. And, you know, it was, this is probably the easiest year other than 2009, right? Because that was a real interesting first quarter. This is probably the second, what I would say, most challenging first quarter we've had just because it's the first six weeks. And it's easy for everybody to abandon what they wanted to accomplish. So, you know, it would be not uncommon to do a business plan, do a set of goals, kind of, you know, get your mindset around, hey, I'm going to have a great 2016. And then, you know, you come into the first couple weeks of January and, and, and it's just everything sideways. And you never got traction, right? You never got things moving. So my point is, I get it. That's over and done with. Don't blow the whole year. You've got to remember there's a lot of year left. You know, we operate in a dynamic, in a super dynamic uh, industry. And I know some of you are going to sit there in your brains and maybe you're going to say it out loud. Yeah, Joe, but. And I know here come the buts, right? Well, yeah, yeah but the DOL's coming, compliant. You know, hey, look, I understand that. I've done conference calls around that. I've, I've got my own little network of, of industry professionals that I reach out to and, and we chat and we kind of, you know, get a sense of what's, what might happen and what that means and stuff like that. And here's what I'll say globally. Nobody knows anything until third or, third or fourth quarter, probably more the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. So don't sit there and say to yourself, well, man, I really can't do anything because I don't know what the future holds. And you know what? I can tell you what the future holds. Adversity. Because in your entire career, you've done nothing but overcome adversity, internal, external, personal, professional. So why do you think it's going to be any different? Right? The better question is, well, how do I take advantage? What shifts do I need to make? You know? Because with anything, right, in business... When there's a material, material change in an industry's operating environment, there are winners and there are losers. Beautiful thing about our world, you have a choice of what side you want to be on. I vote the winning side, quite frankly, and there's no reason why you cannot do that. All right. So once you find your happy place, you correlate all your information, you have everything you need. The next thing I'm going to do, and again, I'm going to reference this so I keep track as we go through this. There are a couple key things I want you to measure in your review process. And again, this form and the whole process is available on practicepower.net. The first thing I want you to do is, is really I want you to sit down and, and take inventory. So what I've always liked, I'm big in journaling, a lot of my clients are big in journaling, is, and I don't need you to write a book, maybe a paragraph, write yourself a note how the first half of 2016 went for you. So think of it this way. If you are going to uh, address your own personal board of directors and you have to give them a very brief synopsis on the good, the bad, the ugly, the wins, the losses, the execution, what would you say? How would you articulate it, right? So I want you to do that. And again, you can use our form here, or, or I don't care, you know, put it in Evernote or legal pad or Word, whatever floats your boat, totally cool with that, right? Just do the process, right? Next thing I'm going to ask you is, what are you most proud of? So what did go well, personally and professionally, for the first half of 2016? You know, what does that look like for you, right? Then, again, next question, where are we still struggling? 
So what's not going to do? Are, you know, do, are, is our health not in control? Is our time management not in control? Are we? Are, is our organization not in control? Right? Or is our business development not happening? You know, where are the areas that we're still struggling? Right? That you need to go ahead and make things happen. You know, to really, really take a look at this. And then I want you to really put a stake in the ground, make a decision. What are you going to do different second half of the year? Now, when I say that, one other thing, real quick. Second half of the year does not, does not start Labor Day. Because I know it's summer and 4th of July is around the corner, and I get all that. And we're coming up on, on Father's Day this weekend. Second half of the year starts now. So don't sit there and say to yourself, well, you know, once I get through vacation and once summer's over, then I'm going to kick it. It'll never happen. And that's part of your problem. You probably operate your entire career with that psychology, and you wonder why you're not getting anywhere. Right? So keep that in mind. All right? So what are you going to do different now? first half of the year. So going through the form real quick, right? So now when I say benchmarks, just so we're clear on everything. Now when I say benchmarks, you know, one to 10, right? 10 being excellent, you never give yourself a 10 because you're delusional. One being never thought of it, anywhere in between. So what I want you to do, and I'm going to kind of, again, I'm not going to spend the whole podcast, it'll be a couple hours, and we're not going to do that today. But I want to give you the areas that I want you to benchmark. So let me give you the rules around benchmarking, and then I'm going to go over each area very briefly. So, so the, the process of benchmarking is like this. First thing you're going to do is assign a grade on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 totally inept, 10 being a guru, anywhere in between. Right? Then the next thing you're going to do is, at, is, is tell yourself why the number. So why a 5, why a 6, why a 4, why a 2, whatever it happens to be. Right? Then I want you to brainstorm on what can you do to improve the score. So let's say, for example, um, you know, benchmark number 1. Having a, having a written business plan and reading it daily as part of your morning ritual, right? Scale of 1 to 10. A 9 being I read it every day. I can actually recite it without reading it because I know it that well, right? That's like a 9. A 1 is, hmm, business plan. That's interesting. Maybe I should put one of those together, right? And so let's just say you're a 5. Kind of do it. Don't do it. What can I do? So, so I'll say to you, okay, what, how can you make it a 7, an 8, a 9? What would you have to do? And... What I want you to think about is strategies, right? Um, number one, if it's a business plan, is accessibility. How accessible is your business plan? For example, do you have it on your? Do you have it in Evernote? Uh, did you print it out and put it in the binder by your bedside? Do you have a copy in your desk in your office, right? Did you write your goals on a whiteboard in your office, right? A lot of ways you can go ahead and be around what you want to accomplish. So just kind of keep that in mind, right? So strategies, and then compelling reason. Why must you improve it? Because if you don't have a reason why to do something, look, we're not going to do it. That's the bottom line. We as human beings, we just don't operate that way. It's just how we're geared. You know, the least common, the easiest way of doing things. So we need to keep that in mind. And then the last chunk, the last question on, 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 on the benchmark is if you don't get your arms around this, if you don't handle this, you don't improve, what's the economic and emotional price you're going to pay? Right? Because again, if there's no cost to failure, if there's no cost to not achieving excellence, then why do it? It's just easier not to, right? And you gotta remember that. The easiest thing for human beings to do is what? Nothing. So you gotta be compelled. So benchmark number one, do you read your business, do you have your business plan, and do you do you read it every day? Benchmark number two. Do you adhere, practice a powerful, positive morning success ritual? 
So the you know every you know you can don't take my word. Just look up, just Google morning success rituals. You'll find a slew of great information. And here's the one common theme: all successful people have a powerful morning ritual. They just do. You know, the first hour of the day sets the tone for the day. So if your if your if your first hour of the day is getting up, checking emails, putting on CNBC, checking Bloomberg, and that's kind of the way you roll, and you wonder why you're miserable, hey. Throw in a little Fox News and CNN and or what's CNN now? Oh, Crisis News Network. That's right. Throw all that in there. Hey, you wonder why you're not rolling well? There you go. So again, I want you to take the same protocol I just said, one to ten, and work through it. But again, the morning ritual is the easiest predictor of success in this business. I can almost predict a person's outcomes by how strong their morning ritual is. It's a precursor. It's a it's a DNA fingerprint, right? Two things. Morning ritual, not optional. So again, I want you to handle that. Next one, psychology, your mindset, your belief set. You know, and look, this is not about, I, I, let's be very clear, this is not about being delusionally happy when you're not, right? Because that's BS. It's not going to work. What this is, what are you feeding your brain with? How much personal development are you doing, right? How are you doing as far as controlling the inputs in your mind? Because it's like this, garbage in, garbage out, right? So, like I said earlier, if your day is nothing but junk, right, news, 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 and you go home and consume more news, 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 and you can be negative real quick because the news is very, very positive, right, especially in election cycles where things get really over the top. You've got to be really diligent about filters, right? And I don't care your, I don't care your political persuasions. It's totally irrelevant to me. It just it will pollute your brain. And that in, our, in our, in that in our industry will cost you a lot of money, a lot of success. So how are you rolling between the ears, right? Again, scale of 1 to 10, run the protocols as I just said. Next benchmark, a written daily game plan. So what must I do today to accomplish my goals, right? Assuming you have goals. Uh, now, when I say in writing, let me be very clear. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can skin this cat. You could have uh, some of my clients who are really, really old school. It's like, you know, like I got the notebook and I got a page and I write it in there and the next day I write another page. Hey, you know what? If that's worked for you for 20 years, who am I to sit there and say, don't do that, right? As long as you can do it every day. Um, some of you will use Evernote. Some of you will use uh, Practice Power Form. That's cool. Um, you know, what works really well a lot of times, quite frankly, is uh, to create the, your outcomes and your deliverables inside of your CRM. So if you're using Redtail, Salesforce, Act, uh, whatever, whatever you're rolling with, you know, at your place, uh, to create the outcomes in there, very, very, you know, that works really well because it's automatic, right? The one thing I always want to have with uh, daily game plans is as much automation as possible, right? I don't want to re reinvent the wheel every, every, every day. Right, uh, so I think that's one way to go ahead and handle it. Just find a way to make that happen. Uh, we have a we have a great e-learning series on Practice Power, uh, how to create a powerful daily game plan. You may want to go check that out. Uh, that'll be great. Okay, so onward to the next benchmark. This one, you know, I talk about this in business planning a lot, and it's one that I find as an industry we just fail massively at this. The benchmark is this. Having your own written personal financial plan and business budget. Yeah, those things, right? It shocks me when I evaluate new people coming into my space 
to see if we should work together. When I ask about financial plans and business budgets, and it's almost like the cobbler's kid who has no shoes, right? Everybody else got their financial plans, right? We're, we talk budgets and financial plans to all of our clients, and yet here we are barefoot. And it's true. I would say, I don't know, 70, 80%, you know, just off the top of my head. I don't know if, I don't know if the industry has ever done any studies. Um, you may not want to. You may not like what you hear or find. But again, if we're going to come from congruency, we better get our act together, right? And look, I don't care if you got a $5 million, $10 million net worth or you, got, you don't have two nickels to rub together right now. You better come up with your financial plan and a budget for your business. Now, why is that so important? Number one, you got to walk the talk, all right? So don't sit there and preach to people about planning and goal setting and all this other jazz if you don't have your own, if you don't have your own stuff. It's going to come off as inauthentic, a lie, and incongruent, right? For me, I'm a coach. Been so for 25 years. I spend more money on coaching than probably anybody that I know. Uh, been going to seminars, uh, marketing coaches, uh, personal development coaches, you know, trainers, uh, finding the best life extension doctor I can get my hands on at you know, and whatever it costs, right? There's so, you know, I surround myself with a team. So what do you do to make sure, and I do that, why? Because I eat my own cooking. I practice what I preach. And well, that's what I'm saying here. You must be willing to do that. So again, on a scale of one to ten, do you have one? That's a, you know, if the answer is no, no more than a one, right? Find time to figure it out. You know, most of you have access to planning software. Gee, and most of you don't really know how to use it. Maybe client number one should be you. And really sitting down. The other thing, really interesting, also, let me, and I will say this um, because I think it's a really bright move. Um, one of my new clients. Uh, he was referred to me by one of my other clients. And what I thought was, and they're, they're close friends, so it works out really well in that, in that regard. Uh, client A retained client B to be his planner because he recognized that he being his own planner was like trying to be your own doctor or a lawyer being their own lawyer. It's not a good idea. And I wish more people would check their ego at the door and say, you know what? My eyes are myopic. I only see things from my point of view. Maybe I need to go find somebody. It doesn't have to be a friend or colleague, but maybe I need to go find somebody and put a second set of eyes on my world. So don't be afraid to do that. I think that was a, I think that was a incredibly bright thing he did, and and he was smart enough and intuitive enough to put a check his ego at the door and, and go get somebody really good to help him and his family. All right. So keep that in mind. Uh, next benchmark. Healthy lifestyle and energy. You know, I've always said this is a business of emotional and physical energy. So the bottom line is, if you're if you're gassed at two o'clock in the afternoon and you don't want to get on that phone and you don't want to deal with people and you don't like the way you look, look, self-image, you, how you view yourself, has huge implications on how your business rolls. If you don't think you look successful. You're not going to be successful. If you don't believe you deserve success, you're going to sabotage your ability to go get success. And, and to have the energy in the tank to do what we need to do is incredibly important. Incredibly important. 
I've all, I've, you know, you can go back 10, 15 years in my work. I've always had this mindset, the belief set that an advisor is an athlete. And you must treat yourself as a world-class athlete, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Why? How does an athlete get paid? Usually on performance. Now, I know we can sit there and say, well, some people don't deserve it. We're not here to do that, right? Athletes are based on performance. Don't perform, you don't win, you don't get paid, right? Here, not being physically vibrant costs hundreds of thousands, it costs you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in productivity, lost opportunity, feeling miserable, and it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So here, here's my very simple formula. You want to improve your bank account? Improve your health. That simple. And please don't sit there and say, I don't have time. I've got kids. Look, we all have that. We all got stuff going on. You know, no, nobody has, nobody can go find time to go do things in this world. You got to go carve it out. You got to go make it. You got to make it a priority. And then what that also means, you got to say no to other things, right? And take care of yourself. So maybe you need to say no to staying up late at night watching TV. And you need to say yes to getting up early and, and maybe getting on that treadmill for a half hour or taking the dogs for a walk or a hike or do what you got to do, right? And maybe what you got to do is say no to the pizza in the break room and go eat a salad for lunch. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But the people that accomplish things, they'll tell you it wasn't based on luck. It was based on hard work. So please keep that in mind, Okay. So again, on a scale of 1 to 10, how vibrant are you, how healthy you are, and then you want to run the same protocols. Next benchmark, a marketing and the business, next benchmark, marketing and business development. So this is really module 8 of our 8-module business planning process we have available, right? So what the thing is, are you executing your business development? And I'm not going to spend a ton of time because we can do probably you know, hours on this stuff. Very simply. Do you have a referral introduction strategy? Are you executing it? Do you have an optimization strategy, cross-sell, new assets, new services, clients? Are you executing that? What's our storefront look like, which is our website? Is it killer? What's our personal brochure, which is our LinkedIn profile? How does that look? What's our communication to our marketplace? Are we doing our newsletters, podcasts, blogs, all the above? Are we executing client hybrid events? Are we doing all these things consistently, regularly, with excellence, scale of 1 to 10, right? That's the bottom line. Um, it's interesting. You take action, you get a result. You don't take action, you don't get a result. Now, you could get lucky, right? And one of your clients may uh, refer you to somebody or refer somebody to you, right? Uh, I call that the monkey falls out of the tree once in a while, right? It does happen. Uh, but you want to really have a process down where you have a marketing calendar uh, as part of your monthly game plan. Again, if you're using our system, you know that we have a whole thing on monthly game uh, business development and marketing and what our deliverables are each and every month. So you want to do that. Uh, next, benchmark. Um, do you have your personal development game plan and budget? I believe that's either modules three or four in Practice Power Business Planning Center. The bottom line is I'm a huge believer in taking 5 to 10% of your income and putting it as a line item for you to make you a better you. All right. Um, if you really think about it for a second, take away all the industry BS and all the BS that your company feeds you and all this other stuff. 
at the end of the day, we are the product. We are the product. Period. So I don't care how bright you are, what kind of cool financial planning you have, what kind of what kind of investment models you have, how cool your portfolios are that you run. At the end of the day, you are the product. You're the initial product. So anytime I can make my product a better product by reinvesting in it, right? Isn't that business 101? Um, what did Peter Drucker say? Uh, the two uh, activities of every business is marketing and innovation, right? So what are you doing to innovate yourself? Acquire new skill sets, better health, more productivity. How are you reinvesting back in yourself? Now, what would you do with that money? Seminars, coaching, personal trainer, nutritionist. You know, I've adhered to the 5 or 10% rule my, for almost 30 years now. And here's the really cool part. You know, when you, when you don't make a lot of money, right? When you don't make a lot of money, you don't have a lot of budget, right? But then as you make more money, well, the budget... You know, so you go from make, having like a $5,000 budget. Yeah, you can do little things with, right? But then all of a sudden, when you have a $75,000, $80,000 year budget for you to make yourself better, you can go get the best of the best. You can hire the best personal trainers. You go to the best seminars. Join the best masterminds. Get the best coaches. And just totally explode your success because you're willing to invest back in yourself. So never forget that. You know, I see a lot of advisors will cut five or ten or fifteen thousand dollar checks for the latest and greatest marketing program or referral program, right? Or, you know, online deal, right? And then when you look at them, they're ready to drop dead because they're so unhealthy. And they wonder why they're not successful, right? Because it's easy to look externally versus looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I'm the reason why I am not where I need to be. And until you can say those words to yourself, you're going to just keep lying to yourself, spending money in the wrong places, and not get to where you want to be. So you've got to let yourself know and when that moment of truth is, and you're ready to step up and make some radical changes, right? Because that's the only way things are going to get done. So that's that benchmark. Um, next one real quick is understanding people. So what I call influence mastery. Um, look, our, our marketplace is changing you know, our, the, our buyer, if you will, our prospect is very different than they were 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, you know, they're more sophisticated. They're definitely more educated. Now, we can argue about are they, are they educated with the right things, but the Internet has created, uh, you know, a very knowledgeable consumer, right or wrong. Have you kept up with that? Have when you sit down with a prospect, and I don't care how you again, I don't care how you source them, right? Seminar, referral, center of influence. Are you doing the same thing you did ten years ago? If you are, you're you're obsolete. Just are. I don't say that to be harsh, but the buyer's different now. So if you're kind of doing the same dog and pony pitch book show, right? And you wonder why, and you're spending way too much time talking, and you're not being collaborative and interactive. And, and, and having more of an interview type process, and we're not t talking more financial planning versus product, this is why you're not achieving the results you want. So on a scale of 1 to 10, most of you are going to sit there and say, I'm really good in front of people, Joe. Just put me in front of a person, and I'm good. You know, you may want to really look at the numbers, because I hear that all the time, and then when I look at the numbers, I go, well, you're okay, but let's be very clear, there's room for improvement, Right? You always need to be honing those, those people skills, so to speak. So keep that in mind. Uh, next one, core story, statement of preeminence. So I'm going to ask you all a very, very, very important question. Why 
if I'm a, if I'm looking for somebody, if I'm a prospect, why should I hire you? How are you going to answer that question? So I ask you directly, why am I going to hire you? Why should I hire you as my advisor, my planner, my money manager? How are you going to answer that question? Right? Do you even have an answer in your own head? Or do you just think you're lucky? See, having that statement of preeminence, if you can put it on your website, great, but it's got to be in your mind. Here's why. And I'm going to shift this a little bit. I'm going to change this for the next business planning cycle. Why do you believe you deserve the business? Why do you believe? Because, you know what? There's a lot of people in this industry, they struggle with that answer. And that's why they sabotage themselves. And then your core story is basically a couple client stories on why you you know you do one above and beyond. You really made a huge difference in somebody's life. You know those things like that. Could you if if a, if a client or a prospect asks you, hey, can you tell me how you work with some of your clients, or can you give me a sense of how how the relationship would might be? You know, do you sit there and say, well, I'm going to talk to you, or do you sit there and say, well, let me tell you a story of one of our clients. They came to me via referral just like you, and you know we did this, this, and this, and here's how we talk to them, and here's how often we meet, and they come to our client events, and and you know, um, you know they they had a health crisis, and here's what we did, and you know we went above and beyond, and and that people relate more to that than any facts and figures you'll put out there. But I bet you most of you sit there with facts and figures, or here's our service models, right? You're gonna speak, to, we're gonna speak to you once a month, and and you know we're gonna do these quarterly reviews, and and you know you're gonna get our newsletter, right? And and we're here for you, and and like all that garbage. Tell a story. People relate to it, right? So again, benchmark. How tight are we with those situations? Um, next piece, technology. It is a. It has been huge. It is going to become even more massively important that you get your arms around your technology platform. That CRM, investment planning software, uh, it, you know, aggregation software, integration software with clients like eMoney, things like that. You know your your phone, right? Your tablet, your heart software. You know you, we are on the cusp of a technological revolution in our industry. And if some of you sitting there trying to figure out how do you do your email yet, you got a big problem, a real, real big problem. You've got to get into the groove with this. And I know, look, and I know some of you that are personal clients of mine. You're very technologically sophisticated, even more so than me. And look, I'm in my I'm in my early 50s, right? So I'm on that edge of the internet. Um, I make it a conscious focus to always be learning technology, always be learning software, always be learning stuff like that. Um, see what's out there, right? Um, because I don't want to be obsolete. You know, I want to make sure I could, you know, stay and have the language and have the accessibility and the tools and everything like that. So you want to keep that in mind, okay? Always be looking to improve that skill set. And I don't, you know, and you know, if that means you got to go take a class or you got to go to the Apple Genius Bar and figure out your your iPad, right? Whatever you got to do, but do it, right? Get productive, make things happen. Um, next benchmark is the team. 
you have the right team and platform in place? So in other words, you know, do you have uh, the right assistant, uh, the right people around you? And that's important, right? Uh, team members are either engines or anchors of success. So they either drive you, help you, right? Or they hold you back. There's no third column. So that's your immediate team. Then how about your external team? Your business partners, whether they be wholesalers, consultants, CPAs, attorneys, your technology person, right? Big one these days, right? Personal trainer, golf instructor maybe, I don't know. Um, hopefully your coach, right? You have a killer coach, dynamite person, right? Somebody really kick your butt when, they, when you need your butt kicked, right? You have all that. Because all great athletes, all highly successful business people, if you look, there's always, you know, it's not, and this is not an entourage, by the way. It's a small team of selected people who believe in excellence. And when you surround yourself with people like that, great things happen. One of the reasons why I put together Magellan, which is my mastermind group for my clients, is I wanted to bring like-minded people together who are excellent to brainstorm, discuss, debate, teach, be taught. Because when you're in a room of like-minded individuals, great things happen. So think about who you spend your time with, who you surround yourself with, who you um, rely on. Do you have the right team on a scale of 1 to 10? And then the last one, and I got a couple more things, and I know we're a little over time here, but this is important, is balance, sustainability. You know, the last benchmark, are you living the life and operating the business that you truly, truly, truly want? Is it profitable, sustainable, soon to be portable, you have what you need. Do you, are, you, are, are you in that mode of either at or moving towards your ideal life, business, and lifestyle? Incredibly important. Okay? So those are some things that I want you to... And so after you do all that benchmarking, right? Review it. Then what I'd like you to do, what I highly recommend you do, get your business plan out, whether it's in hard copy or you have it on practice power, and tweak it. Change it. If you need to reset some goals, reset some goals. If you need to you know, make some changes in your ideal life and lifestyle, do that. If you need to revisit your personal development game plan module, go do that, right? Make that happen. Bottom line. But here's what I will say. And I say this every time this time of year, and, and I'm going to be absolutely consistent again. You're at the mid-year point in probably three places, maybe four. Number one, you're crushing it. So it's like, man, I'm blowing the doors off what I want to accomplish this year. I challenge you to make it even big, bigger. I challenge you to stretch yourself even further. Option two, I'm a little ahead of plan, so not bad, right? Kind of either at or just ahead. Hey, challenge yourself. Put it out there. Third position, I'm behind a little bit. You know, I, have some, I had some setbacks and some challenges. First quarter didn't go so well, whatever. You know what? A lot of time left in a year, recommit, don't abandon. And then the fourth one, which is really what I want to address, 
I either have no plan, no goals, I'm in scarcely survival mode, I'm just trying to eke out a living here, and that's what I think about, and guess what, that's all you're going to do because that's the way your brain's wired. You must change that, right? Or you have a plan, and you're so far behind your goals, it's like painful to look at the plan. Well, here's what I'll say to you. you got a lot of year left, six months, half time. I've seen people do dramatic things, so here's a couple things real quick. Number one, if looking at your business plan is painful for you because you had all these great ideas and, and concepts but not, but not commitment, it's not happening, do yourself a favor, rip up your business plan, build a new one immediately. If it's crazy for me to sit there and say to you, well, bear down and make it happen, you know, you're not going to do it because I know I wouldn't. Revamp it. Change, you know, start a new game, right? It's like, okay, that game, first half of the year, I failed, I lost, I got crushed. But you know what? Let's start a new game. You know why? What are the rules? Who says that measurements are only from January 1st to December 30th? Who said that? Right? Just because it's a calendar year? Does that mean you only do business planning January 1st? No. You make things happen. You make the changes that you need to make. That's what's cruel, that's what's incredibly important. Okay? So, one last thing. Well, maybe two. First off, for you dads out there, I want to wish you all a happy Father's Day. You know, hopefully you'll do something nice. Maybe nothing at all, right? That's my goal, right? Do nothing. Maybe watch a little golf, float around the pool, cook myself a nice filet mignon on the steak, on the grill. That's my plan, right? But enjoy your day. Also, um, because we're at this halfway point, you know, most people sit there and say, well, I'll just wait to February, I'll, I'll just wait to Labor Day to get rolling again. That's a load of crap. So here's my challenge offered to anybody who's listening, watching. I, I have space, I have space for 10 clients, 10. I put together this really cool new program. Uh, it's 100% contingency based. So in other words, if I accept you in the program, I take all the risk. I don't make you more money. We don't grow the thing. You don't pay me. Very simple deal, right, from that perspective. So if you have an interest in that, hit me up. You know, either uh, email me. My, uh, if you, my email's basically, um, you know, below on the video here. Or you can find me, you know, just Google me, Coach Joe Lucas. I mean, I'm pretty simple to find on the Internet. I've been doing this for 25 years. And uh, let's talk, okay? Have a great couple weeks. I will not be back with another podcast till after July 4th. I'm taking my two-week break and doing some things, right? So uh, have a great 4th of July. If, uh, if you celebrate that here in the United States, get your mid-year break, please. Get some downtime. Do your review and recap. Make the tweaks. Reach out to me if you need to. See you in a couple of weeks.